I received some um, Holy Spirit encouragement this morning, and I felt compelled to share it that it might bless some of you, maybe all of you, but it's this, we, we all have one thing in common, and that's that we all have weaknesses. And sometimes they come in the form of physical, sometimes emotional, spiritual, um, financial, relational, but we all have them. And I was thinking about even my own weakness usually comes in the form of the physical. And I was asking the Lord this morning, a long time ago, I quit asking the question, why? But now I ask him, what? God, what are you doing? What are you doing in the midst of this? What is your plan? What is your purpose? And this is what I heard. We don't get to be perfect until heaven. But Jesus gets to be perfect in us on the earth. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient because my, weak, my power is perfected in your weakness. And so I just wanted to encourage you, each one of you today, that God has a plan and a purpose in your weakness. And he intends to do a work in you so that he can do a work through you. Amen? Would you... If that, if that speaks to your heart today, I just thought it would be great for, for Pastor Radine just to, to pray over you. If that speaks to your heart, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Would you just pray for them? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your aliveness in our life, God, that we could go on a simple walk one morning and have an encounter with heaven. And I pray heaven would come down in this place today, God, that you would speak individually because that's what your word does. It comes down and it gets broken into a million little pieces that feed every person individually. And I pray that you would do that this morning, that courage would be in people's hearts, God, that you would show your plans and your purposes for every hard thing we go for, through that we would be like our brother James, that we would count it all joy, God, that we would always be asking you not why, but what are you doing, God? I know it's good. I know you have good things for me. I ask you to just wash over this place, even throughout this message on expectation and faith today, that you would minister deeply to the hearts of the people here in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. We're going to dive into the word. You ready for the word? Father, thank you for your word this morning. I ask that you bless it, that you would anoint it, you give us ears to hear. Change us, transform us from the inside out. In the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, today I want to talk to you about expect. Everyone say expect. Expectations. Expect a, a, a wife who's nine months pregnant. She, she ex, come on, she expects, right? Do you want to expect at 11 months, ladies? No, you expect it nine months. Expecting is a very powerful thing. Listen to the definition of, of expect. How many of you remember Christmas morning and, and no, Christmas Eve and, and you already snuck in there and you start rattling the gifts and you unwrapped them and wrapped it back before your mom and dad knew it and you looking down in the stocking. Why? Because you expected. Come on. You were expecting. You were so excited. Some of you couldn't even sleep the night before waiting for Christmas morning, right? Everyone say expect. expect. Listen to the definition. To think about something will probably or certainly happen. To think that someone or something will arrive or that something will happen. When we planted Heart of the City Church nine years ago, a little over nine years ago, we were expecting. When I pray for somebody for healing, I expect Come on, when I preach the gospel, I expect people to get saved. Last night, I think we had three people receive Christ for the very first time. 
Are you, come on, are you expecting? God loves you to expect. Matter of fact, if you ain't expecting, I don't know if anything's going to happen in your life. Because God honors expecting. What is expecting? It's faith. Come on. It's faith. The Bible says, your faith be it unto you. Man, y'all, y'all, why so serious today? Man, oh, come on. Your faith be it unto you. Ask your neighbor this morning, are you expecting? Expect, 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 expect. You know it's impossible to please God without expecting? Come on, I think God wants to just break some down some old religious background and junk off your life today. Man, he wants faith to arise in your heart. Listen to this scripture this morning, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. Wow, listen to that. There's not a person in this room, if you're a believer, that doesn't want to please God. The Bible says, without faith, unless you are expecting. Man, when I come in here to worship, I expect to experience the presence of God. I'm not talking about singing in the shower, singing in my car. I'm talking about worship and praise and what happens. According to Psalms 22, God comes. I expect that. Are you expecting? God loves you to expect and to believe. Faith moves the hand of God, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. I think one of the worst sins in the entire world is unbelief. (laughs) A man must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Let Let me tell you something this morning. You don't think God rewards? I got news for you. God rewards. God rewards faith. God rewards seeking. When those who diligently, let me just read the scripture on, that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. Why? Because when you seek him, seekers are expecting. How many of you had your back against the corner and you ain't got no place to turn and you say, man, I've tried the counselor and I tried the book and I tried all that, but your only answer is, Jesus, and you begin to diligently seek him. I tell you what, there is an expectation for those who are seeking. The Bible says that it pleases God. Seekers are expecting. Seekers are expecting. What I speak of today is faith. Faith. I learned that people of faith are a little bit different. And I release you to be different today. I'm sick of being trying to be politically correct and all that hogwash we're different people real people of faith are different listen to this script i pulled out king jimmy this morning or this week and don love king jimmy here we go listen to this scripture first peter 2 9 listen to this but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, a peculiar, 
try saying it. <laughs> a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should, I can't even hardly speak King James, Don. Shoo, show you forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peculiar, you know what peculiar means? It means strange. It means odd. It means unusual. It means that you're not usual. I find that people of faith are peculiar people. They're strange. I don't mind you being strange and odd and unusual. Just don't be weird. Is that okay? Jail, what's the difference? You figure that out. Just don't be weird. We don't need weird Christians in the world, but we need peculiar people. It's okay to be peculiar. Jesus says that you're a chosen, a chosen generation. You're a peculiar people. And I, I find that we act different. We listen, we hear different, we see different, we talk different, and we walk different. Listen, we hear different, we see different. We talk different and we walk different. We hear different, we see different, we talk different and we walk different. We hear different, we see different, we talk different and we walk different. And we should because we're people of faith. We're peculiar people. Number one, we hear different. What are you hearing today? What do you hear? How do you hear? The Bible says in John 10, 27, my code red, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. What are you hearing? Hearing is so important. What are you hearing? How many of you have been in Heart of the City Church a year or less? Raise your hand. Look around, half the people. I say that last night it was half to three quarters of the people and I say that because I'm gonna share a story that I've shared here two, three times. You may say, well, J.O., I've been with you eight years and I've heard that before. Well, everybody ain't been here eight years. We brought in a, a minister, her name is Tracy Armstrong. Matter of fact, Tracy, we got him scheduled to come into sound. If you don't know what the sound is, well, I don't got time to explain it to you. You just need to come. Amen. Tracy Armstrong, we brought him in years ago, maybe, how long, Ray Dean? 15 years ago to Snow Quest. We were youth pastors at Capital Christian Center. We're driving him out, uh, out to this, you know, cabin, you know, campground, and the Lord speaks to him something that we already knew, and he didn't share with us at the time, that Radine had breast cancer. Well, I knew it, Radine knew it, and only a couple of people knew it, but we hadn't shared it publicly yet. We go, begin the service, and he begins to uh, have words of knowledge. How many know that words of knowledge is peculiar? Words of knowledge and words of wisdom is peculiar, man, that God is speaking through a man. Why? Very peculiar. Tracy's a peculiar cat. Cool guy. He's peculiar, though. I, I'm a peculiar cat, and that's all there is to it. That's okay. God says it. He says, somebody in this room has breast cancer, and, and uh, 
Radine comes forward. People were shocked in the room. He says, I believe the Lord's saying that you're going to get two tests. You've already had two tests. Already had two tests. You're going to get the third test. The third test is going to come back negative and cancer is going to be broken in your body. Okay? We're like, wow, that's, that's peculiar. Because we already got the diagnosis from the doctor, radiation and chemotherapy and partial mesentectomy and all this blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which is not blah, blah, blah when you're in the midst of it. I praise God for doctors. I didn't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying it was a report and it wasn't a good report. And so, you know what we did? Do you think we got in the car and went, oh, Radine, that was just a cute word. Praise God. Praise God. I'm sure if God wants to heal you, we don't really need to get a third test. And God don't need a third. Why does he need a third test? You know what we did? We call, uh, Radine calls, we need an appointment. We need to go back to the Tumor Institute in Boise, Idaho. We walk up in that place, walk in there, we need a third test. Doctor says, hey, your fasting is not going to help you. Your herbs aren't going to help you. Your estrogen's working against you. I'm the one that's going to help you, pretty much is what he said. We're like, sir, we're irritating him now, totally irritating. Sir, would you give us the third test? He begins to take, get, get the third test from Radine, and while he's giving her the third test, Radine's laughing. Everyone say, peculiar. <laughs> Seriously, it was peculiar. Radine's laughing in the Tumor Institute. He ain't laughing. But she's laughing. It's a peculiar time, and I'm standing up in there. He goes, well, I got to go over here and make sure we got enough, you know, cells. And he says, I'll be back to tell you if we have enough cells. And he leaves. The nurse comes in there, shuts the door. What is it with you guys? You're happy. This place is a place of death. What is it? And we're like, man, that's like, that for me, that's like, please preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to me. <laughs> Now, if you're in here and somebody does that to you and you say, well, we're just having a good day. We're just some nice people. No, God is opening a door for you to share Jesus with someone that their life can be changed. So we, we share the gospel with this nurse and she's like, man, I'm bringing my daughter to your church. We're like, hallelujah. Doctor comes in and says, hey, we got enough cells. Going to call you Monday at one o'clock. Pretty much tell you what we already know. Monday comes, 1 o'clock, doctor's late. He calls finally, yeah, can I talk to Mrs. Owens? Won't him tell me. Gets on the phone, back in the day when we had a landline. <laughs> I stick my ear up to that phone and he says, he says, I, we've had two or three chemists look at this and you have no cancer in your body. Oh. Everyone say, hear. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? You can hear, and then you can hear. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hearing is the sense or the thing is heard. How's faith come? Faith comes from hearing. The problem, church, is are you hearing? People that don't have faith, I have to say, are you hearing? 
You may say, what, right, right, right now, J.O., are you one of the strange faith churches? <laughs> you call it strange if you want to, but we better be a faith church. We better be, there is no other church out there than a faith church. Hearing, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Do you hear? Because when you hear, I'm not talking about intellectually hear. Oh, I've read uh, Genesis through Revelations and I think it's a very good book. And, you know, I heard all the different stories and uh, I, I, I'm not talking about hearing that way. I'm talking about, are you hearing? Does the word come alive? Do you own it? When you hear the word of God, it becomes a promise to you and your family. Do you hear the word of God? It's like when you hear the word of God, that promise comes to an individual and it's like, hey, Don, that word is for you. I sign my name on it, God, and that's a promise to you. I, you can go to the bank on that word right there, bro, because that's my word to you. Are you hearing? The Bible says your faith be it unto you. Are you hearing that you got to hear the word of God? If you ain't hearing, everyone say hear. hear. Ask your neighbor right now, are you hearing? What are, ask them something else. What are you hearing? Words of knowledge and words of wisdom, that, that's some peculiar stuff. I was in Gold's Gym one morning when I was a youth pastor in, in Boise, and, and I was in the gym, and uh, uh, I saw this lady over here, and man, God just been out of the blue early in the morning. God doesn't care if it's 7 in the morning, you ain't had all your coffee and all that good stuff. He just began to download in me about this lady. And I'm like, wow, it wasn't like, hi, Jesus loves you, have a good day. It was like, God was downloading in me serious things of her past that he wanted her to know that he sees her. So you know what I did that morning? I chickened out and I left. Went back the next morning, there she was, over by the dumbbell rack. And I go, all right, here we go. Sound like Donkey Kong. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm a pastor. I wanted her to know I was a pastor and just not trying to be weird or anything like that. And man, I just felt like the Lord just, sometimes he speaks to me and I just felt like the Lord told me this about you this morning. And I began to share this whole past history thing of how men had treated her and what she had been through in her life and so forth and so on. And after I got through, she just, she did this. She just didn't say a word I'm like back out slowly <laughs> God bless you God bless you Gold's Gym I'm gonna go in my 1970 Volkswagen I hope I didn't shipwreck that woman's faith for the rest of her life God what did I do and I left Next morning, Wednesday morning, I walk back in there, and she's there, and she walks up to me. She says, you know the things that you told me? You told me everything. You told me the stuff about my past. All that stuff was exactly what I had been through in my life, and the men, and the hurt, and the pain. I went and stood in the shower and just bawled. She says, do you have a church service? I go, yeah, this weekend. She says, you got a church service before this weekend? I go, yeah, I'm a youth pastor. We have Millennium Fire Church tonight, a radical youth church. She says, I'm coming. 
She came to, to youth that night, and she came forward and received Jesus Christ. And then she went home, and she told her husband. Her husband comes Sunday, and when her husband came, you knew that he was there. That brother, he was like third or seventh or something like that uh, in Mr. Universe, and he walks in, and he is yoked. <laughs> no, I'm, talk I'm talking about, bro, that brother is yoked. He is huge. He is huge. And then after worship, that guy comes up and he receives Christ. I want to say that today because what are you hearing? I got sick as a dog in Eureka, California after me and Radine was married. She thought that I wasn't going to make it. I thought I wasn't going to make it. She gained 67 pounds because she was pregnant, and I probably lost 67 pounds. I mean, I was jacked up. You know what they say, sick as a dog? Because dog gets sick, and I was sick. I don't know. I don't know what else. I just know I was sick as a dog. You ever seen a dog get sick? I'm sick, man. I wasn't throwing up, but I was sick. And the Lord spoke to me through his word, very simple scripture, by my stripes you are healed. By his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes I'm healed. You know what I did? You all, you all remember those big, cool, leather-bound, you, you had a leather one, not a pleather, you had a leather one, you were a cool daytimer, you remember them? Big, black leather daytimer at lunchtime i just would write in there by his stripes i'm healed by his stripes i'm healed by his stripes i'm healed well, you trying to brainwash yourself hey if it works if my mind tells me i'm sick and i need my brains to line up with the word of god you better believe it i'll do whatever and I just write down, by his stripes, I'm healed by. Some of you need to hear, you need to hear me today. Some of you need, so this is for somebody. Wrote down, by his stripes, I'm healed by his stripes. And I would just speak it, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed by his stripes. And you know what took place? I actually began to believe it. And when I began to actually believe it, you know what took place in my body? I started getting better. Why? Because I heard. When Tracy prophesied that over my wife, we heard the word. It wasn't like a generic word. We owned it, baby. We believed it. We're going to take it to the bank. It's like the Father saying, this is my promise to you. You can read the Bible 50 years until you own it, and it becomes a promise to you. Where's your faith? Faith comes from hearing. Are you hearing today? Hearing and hearing the word of God. Some of you, he wants to speak to you a word today that can change your life forever. Are you hearing? Abraham, listen to what Abraham did. Genesis 17, 15 through 17. says, then God said to Abraham, as, Sarai, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah. Why? But Sarah shall be your name. Why? And I will bless her and I will give you a son by her. What? We ain't 23, God. Gets worse. And I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. We ain't even got a child. 
kings of peoples shall be from her. That's cray-cray right there, man. That's some cray-cray stuff right We, hey, God, hey, hey, I'm 100 years old. Sarai is 90. Abrah, 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 you ain't hearing the word today. It ain't Sarai, it's Sarah. She's going to be a mother of nations. King's going to come out. Will you believe the word of God with me? Look what it says. Jay, are you making that up? Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> and said to his heart, said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall a child? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Wow. What took place? You ever heard the song? Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons did Father Abraham. And I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right? Sarah, Sarah, 90 years old, got pregnant. Abraham, 100 years old. Wow. Why? Because they were able to hear. Will you hear this morning? You can be 90 years, in, years old and come up and all up in church, been right reading the Bible for 90 years and not hear the promise of God. God wants you to hear it this way. Hey, that's my promise to you. You can mark my word on that promise. Whenever it becomes that to you, I think you see it come to pass in your life. God gave us a word in 2005 to plant this church. It's out of Jeremiah, and at the end of the scripture, it says this, to build and to plant. And I knew what God was speaking to us. Took it to my wife. She was like, well, yeah, this is the time. Then one day, God spoke another word to us because my pastor came to me and says, where are you going to plant the church? And I go, I don't know exactly. He goes, I want you to get a city. We began to seek God. What city would you have us plant the church in? What city would you have the, uh, us plant the church in? And then all of a sudden, we were doing a wedding down in the Boise area with two young people that had been in the youth church, wonderful young people. And all of a sudden, that morning, I was just reading my devotions, and a word jumped out of the scripture out of Deuteronomy 8, just reading a whole chapter of Deuteronomy 8. Out of the whole chapter, a word jumped out, and the word was copper. I said, Reed Dean, would you read this chapter? What speaks to you? What? Anything jump out to you in this chapter? She goes, yeah, copper. Go and do the wedding, beautiful wedding. After the wedding, a guy walks up to me that I had known years before. His kids have been in our youth group. And he's, he says, you remember me? Oh, yeah, 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 I remember. I said, sir, I never knew what you did for a living. He says, oh, I'm a geologist. <laughs> where, where would you find copper at? Oh, you find copper in the mountains of Kellogg and Coeur d'Alene. That scripture's written 
in my office on the wall. Why does God do that? I don't know. But I know that he does it. And I know that he speaks. And I know he wants us to hear. And when you hear the promises and you own them and they belong to you, oh my goodness. Everyone say expect. 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 What are you hearing? Elijah was told to go to Zarephath and there, there was going to be a widow that was going to provide for him. What? A widow? Man, I want Donald Trump to provide for me maybe or a businessman. Come on, God, a widow? I mean, it's in the drought. This woman's broke. She's hopeless. I show up and she's gathering sticks. She's ready to die. She's going to provide for me? What? Yeah, she's going to provide for you. You know what happens in America? We uh, gotta go, gotta move to another city because there's more people in that city. And if there's more people in that city, well, I sure, well, I'm, I, I know I can make money in that city. Or I need to go here for this job. Or I need to go over there for this job. I need to do this and I need to do that. You know what you need to do? You need to chill and hear from God. Because when you hear from God and you're where He wants you to be in that place, you're gonna have provision. He'll take a brook and give you water. He'll take raven and feed you some meatloaf. Maybe a filet. I don't know what. He'll give you meat. You, you go, where do you get that from? Read your Bibles. You'll see the stories of Elijah. Are you feeling me today? Come on. Are you hearing the word of God? Are you, hear, are you hearing it? I can't hear for you. You got to hear, because when you hear, I tell you what, it's a deal breaker. Elijah was hearing, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And everybody was, else was hearing, we're in a drought, we're all going to die. He's hearing an abundance of rain. They're saying, we're in a drought, we're going to die. I'm hearing abundance of rain. Why did he hear abundance of rain? Because he was listening. Everyone else was only looking and listening to their natural circumstances. See, God operates on another dimension. It's a faith dimension. And I believe there's a law there that it's impossible to please God without that. What are you hearing? Number two, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? God says, I want you to send 12 spies out there to search out the land, Moses. There was 10 that saw one way, and there was two that saw another way. Are you a 10%er or are you a 2%er? Are you a 10%er or are you a 2%er? How did they see? Let me, just, let me just read a few scriptures. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it was a, indeed a bountifully country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful. Towns are large and fortified. And we saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. So they spread the bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through, explored, will devour anyone who goes in there to live. Ten people. Ten people, they're crazy, ungodly, unfaithful, negative report affected millions of people. Can I just say something? It's easy to 
speak evil against someone. You can go on out of here and go, yeah, that bald-headed guy right there, that guy crazy, man. He cray-cray. You know, that church, right, they too loud. You can do, all, you do whatever you want. It's easy to, to go and gossip and, and, and talk evil of someone. I tell you what, it takes faith to, to see something differently. And line your mouth up, ah, how God speaks. You think God sent the 12 in there because God didn't know what the land looked like? I got news for you. God knew exactly what the land looked like. He's always testing you what's in your heart. There they saw giants, the sins of Anna come from giants, and we were like grasshoppers. You know what, you ever seen the characteristics of a grasshopper? A grasshopper, they're camoed. Opposite of Christian, camoed. They devour fruit. They jump, they got strong legs to jump backwards if they desire, out of problems. They spit brown stuff. They devour crops. They can cost millions. What they are is locusts. We are... That's the most ridiculous report that I've ever heard. You know why? Because fear messes up your sight. Fear distorts your vision. You can't allow this much fear in your life. Fear is like fire. It will overtake you. You can't allow fear in your life. You remember, how many of you remember Foreigner? You remember Foreigner, some of you? Man, where's my rockers, man? How many of you remember Foreigner? Fill my eyes. With that double vision, no disguise, that double vision, oh, when it gets through to me, it's always new to me. My double vision always seems to get the best of me. You remember that? You remember that? I don't remember. I have no clue what that song's about. But I can tell you double vision's bad. And when you have fear, you are jacked up with double vision. You do not see correctly. Let me end with this story right here. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians, this beautiful scripture, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. There was a, a guide, listen to this in closing. What do you see? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you see? Elijah was a, a, a crazy mighty man of God, Elisha. And he would hear from heaven and then he would tell the kings of Israel what that king was going to do. And that king of Syria would go, how does this guy know what I'm going to do? I mean, that brother's like, who's the double, who, who's the double o, uh, double o seven in my group right here? Who, who's going to, hey, it's, we're not doing that to you, king. Elisha hears you like he's in your bedroom. And then he goes, tells, go get that guy. Go, go, go find that guy, get that guy. The army of Syria goes and finds Elisha and they surround this brother. I mean, dude, there's probably some old prophet, right? And some young guy with him, right? Just two guys. They bring a whole crazy army, surround him. 
Young man comes. I can just kind of see him getting out of the tent going, holy schmoles, what in the world's going on? Elijah, Elijah. He's totally, completely freaking out. Why? Because he's got double vision. He's got, he doesn't have eyes of faith. He's looking at the natural, right? Elijah comes out there and looks around. First thing he tells his servant, do not fear. Don't fear. Then he says, can I, can I use you for a minute? He says, let me pray for your eyes. He prays for him. Open his eyes, God. Opens his eyes. He goes, wow! An army full of horses and chariots surrounding the other army. We have more on our side than we have on their side. You know why? Because he doesn't have double vision any longer. He has eyes of faith. What are you seeing, church? What are you hearing? God calls us to be a peculiar people and a people of faith. Would you stand to your feet?